Well, it's a new day again, isn't it? Oh, many days. You know, it's, it's kind of scary when you start thinking about how many days you left on the earth. Yeah, uh, we won't go there. But every day should count, right? Every day needs to count. That doesn't mean you have to do to work uh, yourself <laughs> to the ground. But I mean, I, I'm talking about just being, being with the Lord. Be filled, he says, be filled. Be filled. And uh, in the book of Acts, the early church had uh, experienced the uh, power of the Holy Spirit. They were filled, they were baptized in the Holy Spirit. They spoke in other tongues. They went out preaching, proclaiming, and God worked with them uh, with many miracles. And, and God still doing miracles today. And I'm going to share a miracle story at the end of the message that, that I, I actually was at a place in Ake in my hometown and ran upon a, uh, a person that I did a job for this fall and then he began to uh, relate to me what had happened to one of his neighbors. And so I'll, I'll, I'll try to remember the, to finish that story. But we're going to talk today about faith. Um, faith is in... Um, uh, faith is a, is a foundation to our, our, our trust in, in God. And sometimes our faith is, uh, sometimes it's more than other, other times. It's sometimes it's better than, sometimes where faith is seemingly small. But God works with what you have. And God uses your faith. Doesn't matter how small you think it is. If we, Jesus said, if you have this, Faith is even the size of a mustard seed. That's pretty small, seemingly insignificant. Romans says that we have been given a measure of faith. Everyone's been given a measure of faith. And so our faith is uh, only going to grow through uh, testings. And uh, so uh, we're going to look at Hebrews 11 as our text, Hebrews 11, 1 through 6. Pull out some things there that... Uh, really is, this is a, one, of the, uh, one of the chapters in the scriptures that uh, is just very powerful and is also known, Hebrews 11 is known as the Hall of Faith. You know, you have the Hall of Fame. Uh, somebody said this is the Hall of Faith because it lists the people, uh, several names that are listed, and, and then at, toward the end of the chapter, it said, and there are, were others, there were others. And listen, there are still others. There are still more people that are living for God today. Thanks be to Jesus who came to give us the victory. So our basic uh, foundational, and in uh, other words, in our Christian living, when it comes down right down to it, Jesus would ask the question, "Do you? who do you believe I am? And so... When we talk about faith, we're, we're, we're narrowing it down. We're talking about believing in someone you can't see. That God is who he is because he said he is. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God, Romans 10, 17. But if he were to define, put a definition on faith, uh, this is probably one of, for, me, for my, myself, this is one of the best definitions of faith in Hebrews 11, 1. So first point is uh, faith 
defined. Now faith is the assurance. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for. The conviction of things not seen. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for. In other words, before you see it, you believe it. Before you see it happening, you're convinced of, there's a conviction within you that God himself is giving to you to believe and trust him and hang on to him no matter what the outcome, no matter what that looks like now. How do we move from natural thinking to supernatural thinking? The Bible says, Paul wrote to the Corinthians, that the natural man does not understand the things of the spirit, for they are spiritually discerned. In other words, what happens when we accept Christ is that we have been given now the Holy Spirit to a degree that he helps us understand truth, teaching. He's a teacher. And we read that, 1 John, that we don't even need teachers, but that's not contradicting the word of God. But what he's saying is that we don't, we, we actually have a teacher, the Holy Spirit, who anoints us. Now, boy, how we need is anointing every day, don't we? Anointing is, that's an old-fashioned word. It comes from Old Testament history. When they anointed the priest to carry out the, the, the sacrifices and to enter before the presence of God, before he was in that office, they would gather around him and pour oil, literally pour oil. He was immersed. He was drenched. And it represented the setting apart, a setting apart for God, that he was God's man that he was going to use for the spiritual things. Faith is all boiled down. Jesus referred to a, a child when he talked about faith and he talked about humility. And if you quickly want to look to Matthew chapter 18, you read a little bit about a story where it seems as Jesus had been asked a question, who's going to be the greatest? Who's the greatest in the kingdom? Matthew 18, 1, Matthew 18, 2, and he called the child to himself and set him before them and said, Truly I say to you, unless you are converted and become like children, you will not enter the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven. Whoever then humbles himself as his child, he is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. So, just to clue you in, we had two children in our home today, our home this week. My, how I forget, uh, children are so active, and they want to help you in their way. And they try to help you. And I have to adjust my attitude because sometimes their helping makes it harder. But I have to look beyond and say, you know what, someday 
if they're going to learn how to be good workers, you've got to give them a chance. So the littlest one, who was two, and we went out to get some wood in the toboggan. The oldest one was, I think he's around four, three, four. I said, let's all pull together on the rope. I want you to get this picture. It's me, the four-year-old, the two-year-old. Ah, we're laying into it. Things are coming along, but I'm observing. Uh-oh, the littlest one is going to get run over. He's falling behind. He's just having a hard time keeping his feet moving. So I said, well, wait a minute, wait a minute, time out. Why don't the little one, you go in the back and push. The middle one, he bailed. He, he just went somewhere else. But between the two of us, we, we, we got the wood broke in. We didn't have snow on the ground yet. This was yesterday. We had, we had frost a little bit on the leaves. I thought to myself, you know, what a moment. Who knows if you'll ever remember this, but I will. He was doing his part. It may not have seemed like much. I may not have felt it so much. But the point is this. There's a child doing something. There's a child that he doesn't really, it doesn't matter to him who gets uh, the glory. He's not doing it for any glory. He's just doing it to help out. And so when it comes to kingdom work and kingdom ministry and things that pertain to the eternal things, it's God who takes notice. And so when we walk by faith, we don't really, doesn't really matter who gets the credit so long as the gospel is proclaimed, so long as the truth is shared. You see, we have people that are called to go across the world, and we have people that are called to stay by the baggage, so to speak. That's an Old Testament story about a battle. Uh, it just comes to me now, but David had a battle one time, and some of the men stayed back. Why did they stay back? Because they were tired. They were exhausted. And David said, that's okay. You can stay back. You rest, but you watch the baggage. There was jealousy because when they, they fought the battle, they took the stuff, and they, you know, they took the stuff, and it was, it was stuff that they could use, and they were going to split it up. And the, the folks that were stayed by the baggage were going to get just as much as the people that were risking their lives on the battle line, and there was jealousy, and there was friction, and David says the same is going to be shared to the one who stayed by the bag so much as the one who went to the battlefield. That's the kingdom. That's the kingdom of God. It's not about who's going to be first in line in heaven. It's not about who's going to be the greatest in heaven. Jesus said, a child will lead the way. A child will teach out of the mouth of babes. And isn't it, isn't it interesting how God sent his only son and God becoming man? It, that whole Christmas story is beyond our imagination that he become a child he took on flesh. And that's another story for another time. But it ties together with the faith. The faith that you and I are walking with today. We're not always seeing perhaps what we prayed for. We're not always maybe seeing the results, but there's something burning within that keeps you going back to the presence of God, that keeps you going back to the throne room of God and approaching him boldly and saying, here I am, Lord. There's an old song we used to sing. It's 
me again, Lord. I got a problem I can't solve. No, it song goes on talking about how busy you must be, but can you take a little time? Some, so, so many folks in our world have this feeling that God's too busy for them. And God's too mighty to stop and listen to their cry. But he's not too busy. He hears every cry. He hears every call. So faith defined, really boiled down, needs simply childlike belief. Child, a child believes they trust. They ought to. They ought to be able to trust uh, adults. They ought to be able to trust uh, leaders and parents and all that's uh, tied together with God's plan to build the family, to build up the church of Jesus Christ. So faith defined, if I could try to bring it a little more out of this verse, that word conviction, that's something that the Holy Spirit, I believe, drops in. There's another way to look at this. We read some time ago, a couple of Sundays ago, about the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. The nine gifts, one of them was the gift of faith. And sometimes we, I think, sometimes we underestimate what God wants to do with some person that has an absolute gift of faith. They just believe it. They just, they just absolutely cling to it, the promises of God. And God is able to use that kind of faith. But the simple belief that God is who he said he is. Jesus, I believe because you said you are the Son of God, then I believe. I, he said he's coming back, coming back again for church. So, yes, I believe. When it's going to happen, I don't know. But I believe it's going to happen. So faith. Examples over and over again throughout this chapter. We're going to carry it into the second point, which is faith. Go from the definition of faith to a faith that is demonstrated. What I'm thinking about is faith needs to be acted upon. Faith needs to be uh, something that is worked out. Something that produces fruit in your life. You cannot help but not do something. And James said, if you see your brother who is, needs Jesus, food, food or clothing, or clothing well, don't be like the one who walked, walked away, away like the, the, uh, the uh, Good Samaritan, Samaritan story. The religious man, the religious folks, he's too busy. Another man, was looked down as someone who was, they didn't approach, took care of the needs of that man. And thus, the Spirit of Jesus was able to do some healing and provide a place for healing. Isn't it interesting that what we see is probably more important what people see how we live is probably more vocal than what we say. To be lived out, to demonstrate. And so we look at these 
stories, faith, and lists several names. We don't have time to go through all of them, but some of the big names we know as Noah. What a job God called Noah to do. When it seemed, uh, first of all, it had never rained, and God is talking about flooding the earth. And then it took for a period of a hundred years to build an ark. And all that time is passing. People are coming by and laughing, ridiculing Noah. So, so what, what kept, kept Noah, Noah going? going? What, what, get, what got, got him up in the morning, morning got, got his sons together, together let's, let's go after it. it? It was the word of the Lord that came to him. And he knew that he knew that God spoke. And then verse 7, by faith Noah being warned, he was warned about the things not yet seen. He had never seen rain. And he prepared an ark for the salvation of his household, by which he condemned the world and became an heir of the righteousness, which is according to faith. Faith required action. So, I cannot help read verse 6 because this probably is one of the greatest verses to me in this chapter that describes how God sees faith. And I titled this message, Faith Pleases God or Faith That Pleases God. Verse 6 describes without faith it is impossible to please him. Right there, we could stop and just think about this. Without faith, it is impossible to please him. In other words, God has chosen for you and I to live by faith. He has not told us everything. He's not going to tell us everything yet. He's not going to experience some things that are in the spirit the spirit realm of God that have not been revealed to us. And it's not the time yet. And so, therefore, we must live by faith. We must trust God that things are going to be the way he says they're going to For he who comes to God must believe that he is. Here's the problem with so many folks in our world today is that they believe there are other gods. And there's, and a, there's misconception a misconception and a deception, deception to only choose to believe, to believe that God, God is, is he. he is. God is the only one. And so when we turn to the living God, he rewards us. And those who seek him shall find him. Jeremiah says in one portion, it's fresh in my heart because I've been reading Jeremiah, he says, call upon me, and I will show you great and mighty things. And he was specifically referring to those who were in leadership. That, I caught that this time around. It, call him, but I believe it, it's for everyone who wants to grow closer to him and, and get fresh insight. Call upon me. 
There's a lot of things we can call on this world, isn't there? There's a lot of things we can turn to to think that they're going to help us in our walk, help us in our life. But putting God in that place where he belongs, seated on our hearts. Noah, I want you to build an ark. Wait a minute. God didn't just say, go build it. He described how long. He described how wide. He described the layers. He described the windows. Then he began to make plans for all the preparations and all the food that had to be brought with them for the animals. My, my, my. There must have been days where Noah, maybe he began to buy in, you know, Maybe I am crazy. The enemy wants to steal our joy. The enemy wants to steal our health. It's an Old Testament story. It just comes to me now. But remember when Abraham he had to chase away the ravens. It's early in the in the book of Genesis. Because they were coming down to steal the sacrifice. That's exactly exactly what the enemy enemy wants to do with the church. church. To steal, steal, steal. steal. And your family family wants to steal. steal. Kill Kill and divide again. Faith is saying this. We're going to grow. We're going to stay together. What Satan tries to do, God's going to take and turn around. It's like Joseph's story when he was sold into slavery. God took that story and turned around and became something positive for the salvation of his family. And see that Noah kept on working, kept on working, because he believed that God was going to come true for him. He knew that God, it was who he said he was. We look at Abraham, we know Sarah. Sarah is actually having more struggle here than Abraham. You know that story. When the angels came to announce Sarah, announced this to Abraham, it's, you know, you're going to have a baby. Sarah's going to have a baby. She laughed. She overheard. She laughed. She's just like, you know. That, and then she, she denied that she laughed. She was embarrassed that she laughed. She didn't want to admit that she laughed. And so we were trying to teach this to one of the boys this week. We said, so what's worse? Doing something bad, or you know, doing something wrong, or, or lying about it. Well, you know, they were they were processing that, and we were trying to help them. Terry was trying to help them. It's worse to lie. Actually, it's worse to lie than if you've done something wrong. Just admit it. If you made a mistake, just admit it. And so we we are we are all, we're all, you know, this was a week for Carrie and I, especially Carrie. But I was out working. But I would get, I would help out in the evenings for a couple hours. Then I was go to bed. Couldn't take it no more. And so uh, it's all good, boys. Boy, I tell you, they're healthy and they're just like you know. I I, could, I don't remember all this so much till, um, you know, I lay something down and no more and turn around and he was carrying it to me. He said, ah, don't put that back. You're gonna lose it. What's in your mouth? You know, they're just. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Are we all like children? 
we, the best way And Jesus said we are to be wise as serpents. What, what did he say? And then what? Yeah. Gentle as doves. Yeah. God can give us the wisdom to know how to deal with children. God can give us the wisdom and how to respond in your circumstance. If God the Holy Spirit is in you, then he wants to be in control if you let him. If we, we, can, we can snuff him out. We can basically grieve the Holy Spirit by letting our flesh get in the way. And God is looking for people who will follow through And keep swinging the hammer. And keep chiseling the wood. Like an Abraham, like a Noah. Now Abraham was tested, and this leads me to the third point. Our faith will be tested from time to time. And sometimes we may do pretty good. Another time we may like myself, might, we might fail the test or may not do so well. But God asked Abraham to do a hard thing. And what was really hard in my thinking was, this is God, you have promised the son to me. Now you're asking me to take my son to a mountain and take his life. That makes no sense at all. In the natural. But what was it that the word says? Verse 17, by faith, Hebrews eleven seventeen, by faith, by faith, by faith, Abraham, when he was tested, he offered up Isaac. He who had received the promises were, was offering up his only begotten son. Isn't this isn't this something like a type? We, we call it a type of Christ. Abraham's offering his only son. God offers his only son. But never underestimate the power of God because God can raise the dead. He can bring life back to a situation that looked like it was over. A relationship that looked like it was over. Uh, any... Uh, a light that looked at it was like it was over. It was it. This was it. We're planning a funeral, and God turns things around. God can do that because He's God. But oh Lord, help us with our faith. He tested, and we're persevering. And we're trying to do our best. What should we do when our faith, what should we do when our faith is under fire? What should we do? What should we do? We need to turn to God. Number one. 
And you need to remind yourself, without faith, it is impossible to plead. We must figure out our, our priorities, figure out what's most important in life. When all is stripped away, we used to sing a song that went something like that. When all is stripped away, what is going to remain? On Christ, the solid rock, we stand. No, all of this ground is sinking sand. When we get to the end of our last breath, the Lord is calling us. We want to hear those words. Well done, our good and faithful servant. You kept the faith Paul described his walk, his journey. Then one of the letters that he wrote, he said, I've kept the faith. I've kept the faith. I've fought a good fight. I've kept the faith. Even though it was tested, even though in the natural it seemed like it was useless. And so I, I mentioned a story I was going to share toward the end of the message. The story has to do with a person I knew in high school. He was a little beyond my age, so I knew him from a distance. He wasn't really one of the people that I would, because I'd ever talk to anybody then, wouldn't be. Hardly. Especially girls. I never talked to the girls. Anyway, too shy. Anyway, I had a job come up for this, this fella in the countryside. Over, over in the Aiken County area. I'm in, the, I'm in Aiken this week getting a part for, for a piece of equipment, and here he walks in. And so we caught up on things, and I put, him a, sla put a slab in, and he was, uh, the builder had been having some challenges, and COVID hit, his help, his help got COVID, and then he went on to mention his two neighbors, his two brothers are like twins, and so one of, them's in, one of them had to go to Duluth. He had COVID, and he had a blood clot, and it hit his heart. And his heart stopped. And they said they worked on him for 40 minutes. And he's telling me this story, and I'm just listening in. And he comes out. He's, the doctor said he came out and told his brother, your brother passed away. And then the doctor went back into the room, and the, the, the man was breathing on his own. And so he came back to life after 40 minutes, and he was able to talk when he was in his right mind. And as that man shared that with me, he had tears in his eyes. That was his neighbor. And I thought to myself, God, you are working. God is always at work. God is sometimes, we forget that he's working all things together for good for those who love him and are called according to his purposes. And I went away praying, praising the Lord, thinking about other people that maybe are in the area. And I, when I sometimes I went driving, and sometimes I know the people in the homes, I'll pray a prayer over them as I pass by. I think it's just something that my pastor, when I was growing up, modeled. He would pray for every person he knew, wherever he drove, wherever he walked, constantly in prayer, lifting up the names of friends and neighbors. You see, what is it 
What is it that pleases God is that when we have faith in who he is, we have faith that he can even raise back to the dead to life. Raise back resurrection power. We know that the God can heal. Sometimes we don't always, he doesn't always heal the way we thought he would heal. He can do it any way he wants to because he's God and I'm not the one to tell him what to do. We just simply ask. We just simply pray in faith. We just simply believe and let the results up to the Lord. For Philippians 2, verse 13 says this, For it is God who is at work in you, both to will and work for his good pleasure. Read it again. For it is God who is at work in you, both to will and work for his good pleasure. He, he is always, he doesn't sleep. God doesn't sleep or slumber. The psalmist said he's, he, he, he's watching over us. The psalmist said he gives his angels charge concerning you. And some of you guys have kept your angels pretty busy through your life. You can probably think of places and instances where God, you thought, wow, the Lord must have helped me. I made it through. I made it out alive. I come through. And it all boils down to a simple childlike faith, a simple belief. It's like Peter when he had the revelation Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. People were confused, even when Jesus was on the earth. They were confused if he was really the Messiah, really who he was. And some of them got their questions answered. And at the day of the crucifixion, things got really dark. But at that moment, when he died, when he gave, he says he gave up his spirit. If you read the scriptures, you'll notice that the earth shook, and many were brought back to life. Others that were in the tomb already were brought back. You read that story; it's just really unbelievable. What was happening there? It was the spirit of God. Some of you need a little encouragement. Wherever you're at, maybe even going to the doctor way too much. Wherever you're at, in your situation, some of us need a breakthrough. Some of us need to have a fresh dose of faith. Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. I want to believe. I want to walk with that kind of faith, but I still don't. And so, Lord, I pray today that the Spirit of the Lord would fill, fill our cups, fill our minds, fill our hearts with fresh oil. And the wind of the Holy Spirit will blow within our spirit. Breathe into us, Lord, life. I pray you'll bring healing 
through broken bodies, afflictions would be gone. I pray that homes would be helped, households will be built strong again. Lord, we pray for community, our people, neighbors. You are working. Help us to follow your teaching. Help us to follow your leading. Help us to listen and to hear what you're saying in these last days that we live. Give us faith, give us eyes to see, ears to hear. And Lord, we think that this week something supernatural is going to happen. Something good is going to happen with the people of God. In Jesus' name.